Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. And what should never be? That is the end of a football season in general, and that applies right here in North Florida. It's all over for the Jaguars. A totally unpredictable season, one of incredible emotion. I mean, how do you get through October? They drop five Sundays on us in October, and Jacksonville proceeds to lose all five games. Um,. Just looking as though they're going to completely spiral out of control. The just devastating performance in Detroit. And then they turned everything around, won six in a row, gave it their best. But much like the entire 2022 regular season and postseason of 2023, you don't have to look too far when you start pointing fingers. A lot of self-inflicted wounds by the Jaguars, okay? There's so much to be happy about. There's so much to look back upon, and we will. Also, obviously, we'll start to look ahead. Uh, For the first time in a few years, this organization really has some very difficult moves that they are going to have to make. Can you keep all of yours? All of a sudden, there are guys who are unrestricted free agents that, for the most part, you people want to remain, whether it's uh, Juwan Taylor, whether it's Arden Key, whether it's Evan Ingram, um, whether it's the injured Dewan Smoot, whether it is a guy like an Andrew Wingard or a guy like Corey Peters, who obviously was huge in this game Saturday night early, uh, one of the two guys in on that hit on Patrick Mahomes, or it looked like he was going out. Of course, he did come back in, and the Chiefs went on to notch the victory by final of 27 to 20. All right, so it's great to have you with us. My name is Rick Ballou, with you tonight till 8. As always, the best way for you to get on in is on our text line that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. That number is 641-1010. Now, there's so many great things to look as to what this team did, but I think everything's going to change. I, um, I've noticed a lot of praise today, and it's deserved. I, I've noticed a lot of support uh, from Jaguar fans and from the local media, uh, which is expected. I also believe that right in front of our eyes, this is going to change. It is. The expectations are going to change dramatically for this franchise. And there really isn't a lot of room now for mistake-filled football penalty-filled football, Um, doing things such as turning the football over, 15-yard personal fouls, dropping a ball that you have to catch, okay, fumbling a ball that you cannot fumble. It's just one after another, and 
the encouraging side of all of this is outside of Detroit, Jacksonville was in each and every one of these games. Jacksonville played with Kansas City. And that was a heavyweight fight. To me, Kansas City's the better team. To me, the correct team won. But you still all, you know, as well, you still cannot overlook the fact that Jacksonville really had a chance in this game. And when you have a young coach, not a young in um, in NFL standards. I mean, Doug Peterson is, what, 54 years of age. This is his sixth year as a head coach. So I guess there's a little bit of youth there if you compare him to, let's say, Andy Reid, who's 10 years older. By the way, Andy Reid now has won at least 10 playoff games in Philadelphia and at least 10 playoff games in Kansas City. I, You know, I, I worry about the Chiefs right now. I really think Cincinnati is going to have their way with them coming up on Sunday. Uh, we'll discuss that a, a little bit later on in the week. But but back to what I'm getting at here with the Jaguars. you, you got a 23-year-old quarterback who will be 24 in October. Uh, you have a coach who clearly wants to win. But I think there are plenty of decisions that this organization is going to have to make, and it's going to be – Really intriguing to sit back and watch all of this unfold. Because if I was to sit down 10 of you, I'm guessing I would have 10 different answers to what should Jacksonville do? Player X, player Y, player Z, whatever. Do you keep this same coaching staff intact? Um, Mike Caldwell, a growing year. I'll use a Doug Peterson term. Learning, okay? Learning. I mean, he had three first-time coordinators. As an offensive, defensive, and special teams coordinator. You heard him again today. Stress how important it is to have some consistency on your football team as well as with your staff. I'm under the impression that Doug Peterson is not going to make any moves. You know, anything outside of the fact that someone was to leave this organization because they got a better job offer, um, you know, Chris Jackson, we talked about it last week, where apparently Texas offered him some big money, and he went on Twitter and said uh, that that, you know, isn't the case, that he's still the wide receiver coach here in Jacksonville. So I, I don't see any firings coming. And, you know, early on this year, I certainly thought that Mike Caldwell's job was up for discussion. Uh, I believe that he improved later in the year, and I also believe that Doug Peterson is a guy who shows a lot of faith and has a lot of respect and loyalty to his coaches. That was really his downfall in Philadelphia. Uh, on the surface, I don't love the defense. Okay, uh, once again, you know, you go up against Kansas City. You had zero sacks in the 27, to what, 17 regular season loss, a game in which Kansas City had five sacks. And then Saturday night, again, you can't get to the quarterback, and especially after the injury to Patrick Mahomes. To me, that may be the greatest untold story of Saturday night's game. And that is how well Kansas City's offensive line stepped up when they knew that their quarterback was injured. That was impressive. I mean, that was simply incredible. And I have some numbers which will support that. I'll get to it in a little bit, but... I mean, their numbers dropped off drastically. If you look at the snaps and the dropbacks that that uh, Mahomes took pre-injury compared to post-injury, it is literally 
night and day. So, you know, I don't want to go through another offseason where, again, you're talking about Jacksonville going out adding a pass rusher. But they're not getting to the quarterback. So is it time for a totally different defensive scheme? I've seen that Vic Fangio is being tossed around in a couple of places, including Miami and Philadelphia. Um, Could you get better? Is Vic Fangio a better option for this defense than what you have right now with Mike Caldwell? These are all conversations that that I think you need to have. And and there's no telling. There's I haven't heard a, a, a peep about Fangio in Jacksonville. I'm just thinking out loud, you know, what does this football team do? How do they end up getting better? It's one of the major conversation points that we are going to have here during the offseason. Um, so, you know, today is a it's, – it's an interesting day because – you know, here's what I here's what I've taken in as like a sponge. I've taken in, hey, that was fantastic. That was so much better than anyone expected. And you're right. The other side of it is, oh boy, these opportunities are few and far between. And and all of a sudden there is this feeling in Duval that sounds a little bit like this expect it every year with this quarterback and this coach expect to be in this situation year after year after year and I'd love to sign up for that who wouldn't but I'm also a guy who's been around long enough to understand that everything changes in this league Jacksonville was really lucky this year when it came to being able to keep their players healthy If you look at lost starts with NFL starters in the NFL, Jacksonville was number one in the league. Yeah, Ben Barch went down early. Okay, they lost Cam late. You lost Dewan Smoot. You lost Shaq Griffin way back about halfway through the season. But for the most part, they remained a healthy football team. Those of you who've been around here, it doesn't matter who the coach was, Coughlin, Del Rio, Malarkey, get to Gus, get to Doug Doug Marone, you've seen – a ton of injuries with these football players. So that's something right there that you were, for the most part, able to avoid this season. You, you can't guarantee that that is going to be the case later in 2023, 2024, or anywhere else. So that side of it, I, I, I like that that is what is being tossed around Jacksonville. And it should. This is an overachieving football team. They did better than the expectations. But I think it's also, there's got to be a time where that grace period goes away. And the expectations now change to this is the beast of the AFC South. And this is one of the three or four best teams in the AFC. And again, if you lose next year in the divisional round of the playoffs, you're pissed. You're disappointed. Jacksonville's next, really, Jacksonville's next step is to eliminate self-inflicted wounds that cost them games. You can go back to D.C. during the opener. You can go to Philadelphia when they're up 14-0. You can go to goal line with Houston. You can go to London, goal line with Denver. Um, you know, defensive touchdowns late in the year, saving them. Dallas, certainly the game here against Los Angeles. It, it just seems to be one thing 
after another. For starters, you had 41 regular season drops, most in the NFL. Okay? You paid or overpaid for Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. When you get into big games like Saturday night, you must catch the ball. I am a huge Christian Kirk fan, okay? He had seven drops this year. The drop he had Saturday night, um, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable in a big game. I understand he's human, but I've also seen him today on Twitter a little bit, coming out and saying this and coming out, no one believed in us, all you people. I mean, you're the one guy who should just shut up right now. Okay, you dropped what would have been a go-ahead touchdown. Jamal Agnew, the guy kept him in the game with three kick returns, an average of, uh, what, over 40 yards a return? It was absolutely insane. Let me find it right here. 43.7 yards a return for Jamal Agnew. Three for 131. Explosive. Game-changing. Huge fumble. Inside the five-yard line. These are the type of mistakes that Jacksonville makes that they are going to have to eliminate if they are going to advance. It's as simple as that. And we can blame whoever it is you want. I still think the game plan was soft. 39 passes, 19 rushes? No. I'm a stickler with those numbers, and I talk about them every Monday. Why? Because they make sense. Jacksonville abandoned the run too quick in this game. They became a one-dimensional football team, and all they did was pass the ball. And, you know, Jermichael Hasty actually had more snaps than Travis Etienne because Jermichael Hasty is better in pass protection than Travis Etienne. Something else that that young man is going to have to work on this year before the start of the 2023 season. He's got to become a complete back. All of a sudden, I'm looking around today, and I'm seeing, oh, the Jags need another back. The Jags need another back. I'm like, are you kidding me? With, with the issues that this football team has, you're telling me they need another running back? You moved a running back for a sixth-round pick in James Robinson, and you plugged in other guys who were very serviceable. This is about Travis Etienne and Travis Etienne becoming a better football player. The three winning teams in the divisional round before last night's uh, second game, okay, averaged 194.7 yards rushing. Uh, You know, you go back to the game here two weeks ago. Chargers only put up 67 yards, and they blew a a 27-point lead. That is absolutely when you should run the football, and you have to run the football when you have a four-possession lead, and the only thing that you need to do is to get the clock to tick. Well, cost Joe Lombardi his job. Should have cost Brandon Staley uh, his job. In Dallas right now, the vultures are out on Mike McCarthy. I told you here when Dallas lost. I would have fired Mike McCarthy after that game. He had a chance to win it with 143 to go. And he ran a couple of off-guard plays. And Jacksonville took their timeouts. No guts with Mike McCarthy. A, a, a guy who signed up to the, you know, the Nate Hackett school of, of, of trying to slide your way through a ball game. You don't have that here with Doug Peterson. Here's a guy who's going to go out. 
and try to win. But for the now, it's about fixing mistakes. And those are two right there that cost you a game. Jamal Agnew and Christian Kirk. Jamal Agnew takes to Twitter after the game, says it's all on him, says he's not going to let it you know, destroy him because one play is not going to make his career. I thought it was noble. I thought it was classy. The Christian Kirk stuff today, I'm a little bit sideways with it. I just don't get it. You had a phenomenal year. You're also the highest paid player on this team and one of the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. You have to make the catch. There's there's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. You have to catch that football. It was a perfect pass by Trevor Lawrence. You're in a divisional round football game on the road. You have got to catch the football, not take the Twitter two days later. So, hey, it's all good right now. It's all warm and fuzzy, right? We're holding hands. We're kissing before one person goes to the bathroom. You know that whole lovey-dovey early in the relationship type of stuff? That ends this offseason. With the expectations. Now you got to find ways to make plays and win games. So you can massage it all you want. And I'll come along with you here and say, yeah, what a great run. But now it's about getting real. It's about figuring out how does this football team get better? What moves are they going to make? You have a phenomenal quarterback. Frankly, you need a wide receiver who can catch the damn ball. When he throws it. They had 41 drops. Most in the NFL. Okay? It's also the highest paid wide receiving core in the NFL. How does that add up? Most money for a position group that has the most drops. That sucks. All right? That needs to get fixed. Calvin Ridley, you cannot get here fast enough. All right, we got tons to do over the next couple of hours. We're going to be real busy tonight. Um, you, you, you know, I just, self-inflicted wounds drive me absolutely insane. Jacksonville could have won that game on Saturday night. They could have won that game. And they did it to themselves. I mean, this team just doesn't get beat outside of Detroit. They literally beat themselves. and. I don't know how that's going to get changed. I'm all ears on that. Is it leadership? But everything is being rewarded again. Everything is being saluted. As if, oh, just show up. The Jags will be back in the thick of it in a year. It doesn't always work out that way, folks. It doesn't. You have to take advantage of your opportunities. And on Saturday night, this football team... Did not do that. All right, we got a lot to do. Are we on Twitter tonight, or we are on Twitter? How about uh, YouTube tonight, young man? We are on YouTube, as always. Go to 1010XL's YouTube page, and uh, we're the first video you see. Give us a share. All right, tonight's comments brought to you by Schmunez Vision. All right, they're located down at the beach, and personal high-quality medical and surgical eye care right there from the good folks at Schmunez Vision. Um, you know, sleeping in contacts is, is something that people have been doing, frankly, for far too long. And it just amazes me how folks abuse their eyes, all right? That's not the right way to go about it. If you're sleeping in your contacts, 
stop with it. All right, coming up now and over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have a bunch of tips that are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Just normal, everyday things you should do, things you should not do. In the meantime, come to Schmunez Vision where they stamp out blindness and always tell the truth. No question. That is Schmunez Vision for all of your needs when it comes to vision, including laser eye surgery. Stop by today at 299-2906. Better yet, call them at that number or check them out online. Go to SchmunezVision.com. Care you can see. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. That's good to have you with us. Busy week. The season is over for the Jaguars, and they'll get away, enjoy some R&R. Then it's right back to work for Trent Bulky, Doug Peterson. And it's about getting better. You know, the Jaguars lose a game by a touchdown. The turnover-to-takeaway ratio, Jacksonville minus two. They only ran the ball 19 times. They couldn't sack a quarterback on one leg. And it ended up being miscues, which was the the difference in the game. Um, depending on how you look at that, that's a real positive. Or you can fall into reality and just say, ah, again. Because that's kind of the way this season has been for this football team. And admittedly, I'm a little bit different in how I react to others. I there There's way, way too much love being thrown around right now. And that scares me. Because I think, what happens when you fall in love? You get fat. You become complacent, right? Oh, I don't think I'll go to the gym today. Oh, I don't think I'll go to the gym tomorrow. You know, you know what it's like. You, you become satisfied. Uh, what's the word? You get comfortable. Uh, th- there's a little too much of that being thrown around today, in my opinion. Because these opportunities are hard to come by. They really are. And, you know, a drop pass and a fumble like that and the Trevor pick, those are tough pills to swallow. Yet I, I, I feel like there's too much of, oh, we'll be okay. Oh, it's a learning year. Oh, look at where they were. And I and I get all that. And we've recognized that on a weekly basis. Great players make great plays. Big-time players make big-time plays. Jamal Agnew's a return man. They had him in as a receiver. He dropped a ball. Okay? Christian Kirk became one of the highest-paid wide receivers in the NFL. He dropped the ball that you cannot drop. There's no other way to say it. If you can't accept that, then you're a complete fool. There's no other way to say it. You have to catch that football. I I, I remember years ago uh, when Wes Welker dropped the ball from Tom Brady. Do you remember that? What was it against Denver? I don't remember who it was. Was it Baltimore? No, it was in the Super Bowl. It was against Giselle, New York. Oh, yeah. Giselle was very upset about it. Was it was against New York. second Giants game. Right. Yeah, big time. Now, was Wes Welker ever considered a big-time player? No. But big-time players make big-time plays. Look at Kelsey. He caught 14. There's a big-time player. They tried everything to defend him, right? They couldn't. 
14 receptions, two touchdowns. So, you know, if if, if you want to buy into excuses, and that that's fine. But I don't play that nonsense. I don't. So what is this team going to do? All right, Christian Kirk had a great year, a tremendous year. He dropped the ball when you needed him most. There's really no other way to say that. And, and by the way, while we're at it, are we ever going to know what a catch is? Honestly, what is a catch? You're trying to tell me Jamar Chase wasn't in the end zone? In the snow? In Buffalo? I mean, it, it's, it's every week there is a debate debatable play, and then we ask ourselves, was that a catch or was that not a catch? How are they going to be able to figure this one out? And thank God we have a 45-minute replay so we can get the correct answer. Oh, no, wait, we don't. How are we going to figure this one out, JJ? It's, it's affecting games in college. It's affecting games in the NFL. I'm not saying this is solely a Jacksonville situation because of the Agnew did he catch it? Did he take it from one hand to another? Seriously, I have no idea what a catch is. I I actually think the Chase one, hot take, I don't think that was a catch. I, t- um, I, I tend to agree with you there because he did move it from one yeah. hand to the other. Um, but what I what, what, what pisses me off even more than that do we even know what a catch is, is it's the rush to get to a commercial break on television without even showing us a good replay. Like, they, with the Agnew play, they went to a break, if not the most important play of the game, one of them, with showing, like, a replay angle that didn't show us anything. And they're just like, all right, we'll be back. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. This is sort of important, guys. We can't figure out what a reception is. And then the discrepancy that goes on with roughing the passer is, mm. is just a joke as well. I mean, the Arden Key hit. Very debatable. Helmet to helmet. And then you look at Saunders and his hit on, you know, Trevor Lawrence, and you have no call there. And, you know, we we talked about that going in. With the officiating, uh, you know, would, would that play a big deal in all of this? And And there's nothing worse than having to blame the officials. To me, this isn't 2017, Miles Jack wasn't down simply because I don't think anyone alive officially does know what a catch is. Am I wrong here? The officials certainly don't. Okay, I mean, (laughs) my guess is that if you were watching that game in a bar, the person to the left of you would say it was a catch. The person to the right of you would say that wasn't a catch. We do not know what a catch is. And it's, again, it's affecting the outcome of games. If they call that an incomplete pass, I mean, Jacksonville, worst case scenario, is getting three. If they call it on the field, it's almost like they would just give it whatever it was called on the field. At yeah, that and you're right about that. If they had called that an incomplete pass and Andy Reid challenged it, would Probably there have been conclusive evidence to turn that around and say, yes, that was a catch, therefore it was a fumble? I think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if they would have kept it. Um. I've been a real stickler here on the Christian Kirk drop in the Jamal Agnew fumble. You know, there were there were other issues that cost him. Uh, the foyer 
would-be pick. Obviously, he doesn't know that Tyson Campbell is right there behind him. He's trying to make a play, uh, but sometimes that's just the way that the ball bounces, uh, no pun intended. The tripping call on Walker Little mm, really helped aid that 98-yard drive by Chad Henney. And, and in all honesty, that should be the end of the story right there. Jacksonville doesn't deserve to win a game when you allow Chad Henney to go 98 yards. And I understand that, you know, there was, what, a 39-yard run, there was a 15-yard penalty, and then he threw a couple of balls to Kelsey. But still, it's Chad Henney. How can you not de- How can you not have it in you to come up and make a big play when Chad Henney takes over? at the two-yard line and proceeds to go 98 yards and, you know, change the complexion of the game. I I can only imagine what Jaguar fans must have been thinking when Mahomes was going in for an X-ray and Henny was coming out. You're like, this is perfect. It's over. It is. And let, let me find these numbers. These are absolutely staggering to me. I mean... Where's the want? My goodness, it's amazing. This is from Duraco, Michael Duraco. Uh, the Jaguars pressured Mahomes after his injury. 19 dropbacks, only three pressures for Jacksonville. Three of 19. Okay, that's 16%. Before the injury, Jacksonville had seven pressures on 13 dropbacks. So they had it up to 54% pre-injury. Then post-injury, they go 3 of 19 for pressures. What does that say? I'll tell you exactly what it says. When you needed a group to step up, it wasn't the Jaguars' defensive line. It was Kansas City's offensive line. They're the group who got it done in the ditch. They said, our best player is out, the best player in the league is, is out, he's coming back in, we're not going to let anyone near him. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, the Jaguars played the Chiefs twice this year. The Jaguars had zero sacks in two games. Kansas City had five the first time they met. Kansas City had two on Saturday night. And what are you going to hear? Oh, the Jaguars need another pass rusher. I mean, every year they're going after a pass rusher. Are you going to try to tell this fan base that that you're going to go into the first round again and draft another pass rusher? I mean, you got to be kidding. You allowed 27 to Kansas City in both these games. The defense did better than the league average. Kansas City scored 29.2 this year. So Jacksonville did better than the league average in both games. How did Jacksonville lose these games? They didn't do enough on offense. They put up 17 the first time they met. They put up 20 on Saturday night. This league is a league where you win by outscoring your opponent. Jacksonville, in my opinion, more blame should be on the offense than the blame should be on the defense. The offense really went into the tank over the last five weeks. You take away that come-from-behind second-half effort against Los Angeles, where they scored four touchdowns and one field goal in their last five drives, 
what happened to this offense late in the year? Again, it's being celebrated as a phenomenal offense, but but is it really? And again, 39 passing attempts, 19 rushing attempts, and that type of element on the road in Kansas City, what does that mean? Well, you had a time of possession that was a difference of 10 minutes. You're not going to win games like that. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, it hurt Jackson. I mean, I, I don't know what you want to say about pro football. And, and one other thing with that offense. How many times did I mention it last week, JJ, about the red zone efficiency of the Kansas City Chiefs? 70% this year. They had three opportunities on Saturday night. What did they do? Scored three touchdowns. And I don't even think it was that difficult. Okay. You knew it. You knew it. You had to hold them to three. One of them was with Chad Henney, by the way. Oh, yeah? (laughs) 98 yards. Absolutely. Uh, Big follow. All right. Uh, Fado Kasai, 27.7 was his pro football focus ranking from the game on Saturday night. What an absolute total embarrassment. He should not be paid for that performance. <laughs> a 20, I mean, play Corey Peters. Play Adam Gotsis. Play someone who's at least going to give an effort. 27.7. Uh, enjoy your offseason. Uh, you know what? Trent Bulky for the most part, did some great things. He hired the right people. He made the right decisions. Uh, that one right there was an abomination, and I don't know what they're going to do. His cap figure for this year is like over $15 million, okay? I don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. You know, do you bring back Juwan Taylor? Do you bring back Evan Ingram? Do you bring back uh, Arden Key? Who are you going to cut? How are you going to make this all come together? Shaq will save you $13.5 million. He gone. Chase on $2.4 million. Um. You can't, you, you can't give that man another chance, right? I mean, he's been a waste of time. Uh, Robertson Harris, $7.8 million. The guy played really good football down the stretch. What do you do there? What do you do with Rayshon Jenkins? He's got a $6.3 million uh, dead cap money figure. Do you re- so I know what people are going to say. Redo Josh Allen. Redo Roy Robertson-Harris. Redo Rayshon Jenkins. Resign Juwan Taylor. Sign Evan Ingram. Sign Arden Key. I don't know how they're going to afford it. I, I do not. Now, I, I don't completely understand the cap because the cap to me uh, feels like um, there's always a way to beat it, you know, with front-loaded signing bonus type cash. And one thing that you have here in the city that other organizations do not have is you have an owner with a pocket full of cash, liquid. Shad Khan has money. A lot of these owners in the NFL don't. They have credit or whatever. Don't kid yourself. Shad's got cash. Shad can afford to write these checks if he is convinced by Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson that this is what is best for this football team. T- Taylor seems to be the number one guy. This is a large part of me that would say, let him move on and play little at right, because I think if you let Taylor go, 
the other four moves that I mentioned, I think you could make. I think you could re-sign Engram. I think you could re-sign Key. I think you could restructure Robertson Harris, restructure Rayshon Jenkins, and those four are back. My guess is, is if you pay Juwan Taylor the going rate, and remember, he's in the Rosenhaus stable. Rosenhaus just got with Conklin in Cleveland, who's 29 years of age, 15 mil a year, and got him $30 million guaranteed. Taylor's going to be 25. What do you think his asking price is going to be? That, that's where you start. And then you take five years off his age, and the arrow is pointing up. So yeah, we have plenty of days to talk about this uh, coming up. But Jacksonville's going to have to get creative here to find a way to sign these players. I mean, a year ago, a year ago at this time, anyone think Miles Jack was gone? I know I didn't. So perhaps there is a guy on this roster that, you know, we are looking at and we automatically assume that he is part of what is going on around here, maybe that is not the case. And, and there's, a, you know, there's a surprise trade coming. And hopefully they can unload you know, a decent salary. I have no idea who that is at this particular point. But I think you have to consider it after what we've seen since Trent Bulky's been here. He, he's made quite a few trades. And I would not be surprised if we see that again this year. All right, let's continue on with you. Best way to get us, 641-1010 on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. All right, Championship Sunday, five days away. It'll be Kansas City playing host to Cincinnati and Philadelphia. They will do the same against San Francisco. They're going crazy in Dallas right now. They haven't won a divisional round playoff game since 1995 in Dallas. And... I would have fired Mike McCarthy after his performance here. Gutless. And he, he did it again yesterday. He tried to win again. And, and, and I, I love how Dallas, you know, he had all these people saying, oh, he's got to get his, he's got to get his, paid Dak $40 million, and now those same people are just lambasting him, saying he's never going to win a big game. That's where you are in this league, man. You need a great quarterback. You're not going anywhere without one. And as a Jaguar fan, you have that. Now the identity of this football team, and I'm going to say the same thing I said a year ago, even though obviously it, it made no difference in what the organization did. It's offense, 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 offense. Protect the best player on your team. Protect one of the best players in the NFL. Get him more weapons. You have with Calvin Ridley. I got to believe Marvin Jones is gone, right? You got Zay, you got Christian Kirk. You got to find a way to bring in and, and, and keep Evan Ingram. Don't, don't give me this Michael Mayer crap, okay? Oh, we're going to get Michael. Don't hang around for the 24th pick in the draft and try to get Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. And he's a bigger type tight end. I, 
I really don't see him as the makeshift Evan Ingram tight end. You know what I mean? I now, don't really know him. Michael Mayer? No. I just know that Very I, talented. I would never take a tight end in the first round. But he's an every-down tight end. He's a blocking tight end. You know, Chris Manhurts is a free agent. Dan Arnold is a free agent. They're gone. Uh-huh. Unless you could get Manhurts, uh, you know, on a... League minimum or something? Uh, you know, but his snap count went down considerably. Speaking of snap counts, what does that say about this football team right now when Hasty's getting more snaps than ETN? That Doug only cares about passing the ball, so he puts the guy with the better pass protection in. And, I mean, they they never throw to ETN. We've gone over to my – Hasty dropped a ball yesterday that would have put him in field goal range. Um, What was that, around like the 30-yard line or something on a third and long? And instead they had to punt around the 50. That was a big play. I'm reading a lot today where all of a sudden the Jaguars need a compliment to Travis Etienne. And Michael, wait a minute here. You traded a guy for a sixth-round pick. You also used a fifth-round pick a year ago. For Snoop. On a guy. What if they You're going to go back to the well They could there? just sign Robinson back after he gets cut by the Jets, which will inevitably happen. So, yeah. And, and, and I understand that's just that, – that's just – folks opinion and and there's nothing wrong with your opinion for the record i'm all about offense you know i don't i don't know what to tell you right now with your defense you're not getting any pressure on your defense sacks were up you had what 19 in the last six games okay so it improved in the second half of the season but you needed to get to the quarterback on saturday night and you didn't you did not not even once uh, and when you did hit him, you got a 15-yard personal foul. So, you know, my comments a year ago was it's impossible to fix everything at once. I would have worked on the offense, the offense, and the offense. And they did work on the offense. They got Sheriff, they got Ingram, they got Zay, and they got Christian Kirk. I would have gotten a left tackle. I wouldn't have re-signed Cam Robinson. Okay, right now I'm in a position where I don't want to re-sign Juwan Taylor. I don't want to pay him... 15 plus million a year. I don't want to do it. Okay, if this team was way under the cap and they could afford to do it and make other moves, then I'd be like, okay. But I don't see it that way. Can Walker Little play right tackle? We don't know. He got one series because Cam went out. And the Cam injury is not a torn ACL. It's a meniscus. So he's going to be back and he's going to be fine. Uh, but listening to Doug Peterson today, as a matter of fact, let's let's get to that. Doug Peterson was asked today how important it is to keep the offensive line together. Do you like Trevor? Do I, yeah, I do. Okay. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he, yeah, he is, and we like him. So we want to keep him clean and upright and all that. So, I mean, it, it's important. It's important to us that that we make, you know, make every effort to to get guys back. And and we know JT is what he's meant to this team and organization, and and we'd love to be able to get that done. And, um, you know, he knows that. And, you know, sometimes sometimes there are business decisions that are out of our control, you know. And, and, but it is important to, to let them know that, that we want them all back and um, try to make every effort to do that. Where Jacksonville's at right now, they're over $18 million above the cap. This is according to SpotRack. 
and you know the assumption is it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred and twenty to two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. That's up from two hundred and eight million. Everything needs to be set by March fifteenth. Jacksonville has to be under the salary cap threshold by March fifteenth, and that won't be a problem for them because a lot of players are becoming free agents. Okay. But now you talk about bringing your own back. See, this, we haven't heard a lot about this lately. This is a sign of a good team. This is a sign of a team on the come when you want to re-sign your own players. I mean, outside of A.J. Can and Tyler Shatley and Dewan Smoot. And, Ooh, they desperately needed Dewan Smoot in that game on Saturday. They, they sure did. Yeah. And, he and, was a huge miss. JJ, they're lost on defense. It's crazy, man. You got three rookies, and you got Josh Allen, who they're trying, you know, who's been identified around here as is is all world, and they're trying to do all these things, and it's so discombobulated. They have Trayvon Walker and pass coverage. coverage. I mean, why? <laughs> How can you draft the guy number one and make him a project? They asked Peterson today about Trayvon's season, and he's like, yeah, next year Trayvon wants to do this, he wants mm-hmm. to do that, and he named all the things. You know what he didn't name? He wants to drop into pass coverage. That's why I'm convinced that the defense is a mess. Use yeah. your resources on your offense and, and just try to outscore your opponent. Um, I mean, the Chad Moomin, Devin Lloyd deal, that's kind of frightening. Very. I just gave you the big numbers on uh, Big Foley. Frightening. And what a terrible year. Alolicon was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Darius Williams was way better on the edge. The, the three that, you know, came in here a year ago played better football as the year went on. Rayshon Jenkins had a great second year. Roy Robertson Harris, the second part of this year, was the best football he's ever played in Jacksonville. So all of these things are encouraging, but they're high-priced guys. And I don't know how they're going to be able to figure that out. For those of you who are wondering, as I head to this break, here are the unrestricted free agents. Juwan Taylor, Evan Ingram, Arden Key, Dewan Smoot, Marvin Jones Jr., Chris Manhurts, Trey Herndon, Corey Peters, Andrew Wingard, Dan Arnold, C.J. Beathard, and Adam Gotsis. Also, Brandon Murphy as an offensive tackle is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Restricted free agents, which means you have the right to match, include Jamichael Hasty and Riley Patterson. Every team is dealing with this. The constant turnover in this league. The nucleus is going to be together. That's the most important thing. But the off-season decisions are going to be just huge for this organization. All right, let's carry for hour number two. Let's do that. 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Always the best way to get a hold of us. You can also do so on Twitter. That is Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010XL. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
All right, certainly a great turnaround this year for the Jaguars. The season does come to an end. Trevor Lawrence, 24 of 39, 217 in the air. A touch, a pick, sacked twice. Ended up with a passer rating of 74.4%. It's it's an overachieving team. Love the young quarterback. Absolutely do. I, I think, you know, we'll get into this as we move forward. We'll review free agency. We'll review uh, the draft. I think on the surface now, when I look at those, you know, the top picks, probably disappointed with the combination of Walker Lloyd and Muma. Um expected more big plays considering how athletic they were. I thought Luke Fortner as a center did a decent enough job and and he played hurt late. You know, free agency, the guys the guys played well. Sheriff was beaten up. He wasn't his classic pro bowl self, but he was good. Ingram became a star. Christian Kirk worth the money. Zay Jones disappeared at times. Uh, but, you know, that unit right there, way too many drops. 41 regular season drops. And, and that, you know, that, that has to be improved. When, when you're a football team that's on the come, when you're a football team that, that loses games because there's a, an example here, an example there, and I guess you can make that point about every team in the NFL. Hell, there were more games decided this year by six points or less than the history of the NFL. What does that mean? Uh, margin of error has to be reduced. Big-time mistakes end up catch, you know, end up costing you a ball game. Uh, Christian Kirk this year, seven drops. Zay Jones, 13. Evan Ingram, 5. Marvin Jones, 5. Travis Etienne, 3. Jamal Agnew, 2. Jamichael Hasty 3. Dan Arnold, 1. Chris Manhurts, 1. Tim Jones, 1. These are regular season numbers. I looked all over for the postseason numbers. I couldn't find them. So, that has to get cleaned up. Oloa Khan was good. Darius Williams was good. Arden Key for $4 million was really good. Big Folo was a disappointment. Really no other way to, to say it at this particular time. But anyway, we'll have a show on that coming up. We'll review uh, everything that, that Jacksonville needs to do. I, the, the encouraging part for me is being able to keep this offensive staff together. Okay? And there's going to be a lot of movement here. Over the next couple of weeks, there's, what, five vacancies? I'm actually surprised there's not seven. Um, If I had my say, I'd fire Brandon Staley. If I had my say, I'd fire Mike McCarthy. I'm convinced that those two are never taking me to where you need to go. That's what it's all about. That that should be your main – that should be your – the end of the conversation when you are an owner. Can this coach take me to a Super Bowl? Can this quarterback take me to a Super Bowl? 
They're going crazy today in Dallas. They're going crazy today in Buffalo. I would like to say they were going crazy last week in L.A. up 27-0, but they don't have any fans in L.A. Okay, but you understand my point. All of a sudden, you're like, is Josh Allen ever going to get us there? Is Dak Preston ever going to get us there? Is is, uh, Justin Herbert ever going to get us there? Do you have the right coaches in place? All of a sudden today, I'm reading that, you know, Buffalo wants Sean McDermott out. It's like, wow. And I've always been a little bit more towards that side than I have the whole, hey, warm and fuzzy. Hey, you know, great year. Got to give him time. Come on, Baloo, you didn't have him winning more than six games. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. Yeah, but expectations change. Everything changes. Let me pull this up real quick, okay? Just because I'm trying to make a point. I'm just, all this love today is like, you lost the damn game for crying out. I mean, it's you would think that they won. And I I just don't want you to set yourself up for a colossal disappointment. Because am I wrong, J.J., in thinking that all Jacksonville has to do now is show up and they're AFC South champions next year and show up and they're going deep into the playoffs? I mean, it's that easy. They have a quarterback now. They have a coach now. They just automatically get inserted in. I think people should be looking at it as, damn, they're really going to have... They had the opportunity to beat Patrick Mahomes on one leg. Like, a 30%, 25% healthy Patrick Mahomes, and they blew it. Like, you're not going to get a chance like that. The Jags are going to come back stronger, as everybody thinks they're going to come back stronger and better next year. Well, it's not like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or the Bengals are going anywhere. You know, they're still going to be great. It's not like the Bills are going anywhere. Josh Allen's still there. These teams are powerhouses. You have to be on that level or you're just going to be a division team every single year. They're a terrible tackling football team. Been talking about that for a very long period of time. Months. And even Saturday night, how many shoulder shots did you see? Where's the wrapping up? I mean, you learned about that in high school. Doug Peterson and Mike Caldwell should not be teaching these guys how to tackle. Yet, they miss an incredible amount of tackles. They were dead last all year in defending running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. Okay? Uh, Just terrible with that. They actually did a pretty decent job with that on Saturday night. Then again, I mean, only 27 receptions. 14 of those 27 went to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't think they were worried about it. And they and, and they, they had no idea to cover that. I mean... Every third down. I sat in here and said, if you're going to get beat by Kansas City, let Juju Smith-Schuster beat you. Let Valdez Kadarius Tony yeah. beat you. Let Valdez... You, don't let Travis... Don't let Travis Kelsey beat you. He caught 14 footballs. Um, And so. there should have been more. I mean, like Mahomes missed, which just shows how crazy hurt he was. Mahomes missed 
Kelsey, uh, I believe, right before the end of the first half, maybe early in the second half, there was nobody within 20 yards of him, and Mahomes just airmailed it. You never see that happen. be interesting to see what they do with their defense. And, you know, right now you've got – it feels like you have the parts you're – you're just not sure where to use them. Okay, let's get to the Trayvon Walker comment today uh, that Doug Peterson made with his outgoing press conference a little bit earlier this afternoon. Uh, He was asked about the season that Trayvon Walker had. Everything that we saw in him in the draft process, we're so thankful that that obviously we drafted him. He's a part of our football team. I just met with him a few minutes ago, and you know he's excited for for this offseason. He's excited for his future. He understands he can he can he can get better, and he can you know help us in different ways. And he wants to take that next step in a leadership role, and I think that's important for him to do. You know that's the next step, and and uh, to be a dominant you know edge rusher and and even an interior rusher. You know, and and again we just we just find ways to to utilize his his strengths and and. Um, you know, when he comes back, you know, he'll be ready to go and, and eager eager to get back on the field. So it sounds to me like, you know, there's a a lack of a lack of understanding as to how he's gonna be used next year. Am I wrong? I mean, I did you get anything concise? He's gonna wanna do this, he's gonna wanna Out of that. do that. Um forty nine tackles, three and a half sacks, a forced fumble, a pick. I thought they used him the wrong way. That's my best way of looking at Trayvon Walker. I would love to see this be a 4-3 defense. You know, I'd love to see a Loacon with a Muma in the middle and, you know, who's your best coverage linebacker? Is it Lloyd or is it a Loacon? Both struggle. You put one on the tight end, you put the other on the weak side. You know, you put Allen up in the line of scrimmage, you put Walker up on the line of scrimmage and you have him go sick the quarterback. It just makes so much sense, yet they're not doing it. There's nothing that drives me more crazy than seeing Trayvon Walker drop back into coverage or Josh Allen drop back into coverage. So I don't like the defensive scheme, and I understand that they made a lot of changes, particularly in the second half of the season. They tried some different things, a lot of twisting, a lot of stunting. Um, They were really hurt by the Dewan Smoot injury. I'm not uh, taking away from that. But I, I do think that when you look at the key players on that defense, it's time to start to keep it simple for them. What do you want Trayvon Walker to be? Is he going to put his hand in the dirt and go get the quarterback? If so, let's do that. Are you going to tell me that he's Calais Campbell? And then he's on the edge on first and second down. Then when you go to nickel, you slide him in and you re-sign Key or whatever and keep him on the edge, the opposites. I, I, I don't know, but let's, let's agree. He's talking about putting on weight. and because He's the top pick in the draft. Three and a half sacks doesn't add up to the top pick of the draft. And I knew that that would be an unfair measuring stick because of the way that they are using him. But why are they using him that way? These are 
answers that I do not have at, at this particular time. But it's all part of the process as to what we're, we're figuring out. I mean, sometimes numbers do lie. You look at Devin Lloyd, man. He was a tackling machine. Okay, but he also made a ton of tackles downfield. He ended up with 115 regular season tackles. Forced a couple of, um, or had a couple fumble recoveries. And had three interceptions. I mean, the guy had five takeaways this year. Last year as a unit, Jacksonville had nine. It felt like his head was spinning. So what are you going to do there? Are you, you going to grab Devin Lloyd and again tell him that, hey, we're making changes and you're going to weak side or you're, or you're going to the SAM and your primary responsibility is going to be to defend the run and, and have to take on the tight end? I, I don't know, but these are first-round picks. These are supposed to be great football players. And I understand they're rookies. I get it. Okay, we saw Trevor last year as a rookie, and we made our opinion on him last year as a rookie. We saw Tyson Kidd. Put it this way. Last year's team won three games. In the second half of the season, Jaguar fans knew what they had in Tyson Campbell. The guy was a deer in headlights the first eight games. The second nine games, he totally turned his game around. So you knew what you had. And what it was was an ascending player, a guy that was going to get better. That's the point I'm trying to make right now about Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma. Where's your comfortability with those three that they're ascending players? We don't even know how they're being used. Do you understand my point here? There's a lot of confusion. So, my guess is Doug Peterson is tremendously loyal in that Mike Caldwell goes nowhere. If I had any say, I'd make a change. And I would bring in a totally different defense. And I would have that coordinator get on the blackboard and show me specifically how you are going to use Trayvon Walker Josh Allen, and then Devin Lloyd. Where are they going to play? What is their responsibility? You had no pressure on a guy with one leg the other night. Zero sacks. Nothing. (laughs) You got a trip to a championship game. All you got to do is get to this wounded quarterback. And nothing. Absolutely nothing. In a game with that, I mean, big-time players make big-time plays. Trayvon Walker, you're, you're the number one pick in the draft. Make a play. Josh Allen, you're the seventh man in the draft. You're sitting here, you know, you're going to get this new deal. You're going to make millions and millions and millions and millions. And make a play. They didn't. They didn't make a play. When you needed them to make a play, didn't make a play. Thirty carries, hundred and forty-four yards. Okay. Pacheco, twelve for ninety-five. McKinnon, eleven for twenty-five. Tony had the fourteen-yard reverse. Mahomes on a peg leg, three of eight. Um, 
there you go. So I I want my resources on offense, and I want to change on defense. I want a scheme change on defense. That's what I want. All right, let's get to your comments. Six four one ten ten. God knows there's been a ton rolling in tonight. All sorts of um, really good stuff. Others of you thinking I'm a little bit too hard on them. Hey, listen, I don't care if you think I'm hard on them. What do you want me to change? I've been doing this for 30 damn years. You think I'm going to change? Okay. Uh, Some people do it one way where that is love and tongue in the ear. Others have a real issue with it. Yeah, and, and they're not afraid to talk like big boys and say, you blew an opportunity. That's what I do. Okay? Until I fall in the wooden box, that's what I do. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, let's get some of your questions out there right now. Random fire. 641-1010 on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, I'm with you, Rick, on Caldwell. And to add, we can't survive next season's first-tier schedule playing catch-up every second half. Why can't Caldwell start the first half like his stronger adjusted second half? Go out of the gate strong, put playing catch-up. I've spent all last, all last week on that. I, I, I don't know. I hate to tell you I do not know. JJ, maybe you figured it out. We talked about it last week. I don't know why they start slow. I... My theory was always an offensive start slow, uh, and I think it's been a Trevor thing. I think Trevor's always taken a little bit to get into the swing of things. Yep. He seems to, like, overthrow guys early or, you know, something like that. I, I don't know enough about defense and X's and O's to be like, oh, they're doing this in the first half, not in the second half, and vice versa. But I really have nothing. It was basically just the Trevor theory. Needs a little bit to get into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 92.84. Below, I always like your arguments and points, but I need another year before I can agree or disagree. I don't like how Khan's delays in making coaching and organizational moves, so it scares me if Peterson is the same way. I don't like the decision to keep bulky. I stand by that. Khan also needs a VP of operations. I don't trust his ass either way on football decisions. I, I don't think anything is happening there. Bulky one, guys. Yep. Bulky to credit Bulky, he knew he wasn't under any pressure. That was obvious during that five-game losing streak in October. When he made the trade for a guy who won't be here until next season. Absolutely. And James Robinson. And Ridley. Oh, yeah. the cabin, I, I thought you would. But that, too. Because I thought you said earlier they were going to re-sign James Robinson. <laughs> yeah, they could. Which, um, yeah. It, How it, funny would that be? That ends up being sixth. Uh, nothing's happening there. I think the only way changes are made is if a coach gets another opportunity, a promotion. I think for the most part, there may be a there may be an assistant, you know, coach who leaves here, an assistant coach who leaves there. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I just want to keep that offensive, that offensive staff intact. That's my guess on it. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do I want to do that? No, that's a little lengthy for me. Um, 
some of these are like War and Peace. They're they're very lengthy, and I appreciate it. Um, it's always appreciated. Uh, let's see, eighty nine nineteen. Beloved wanted to say this for a while, but our defensive coordinator is suspect. He coached on a team with Tom Brady. That doesn't make you a good coach. I've seen the other teams, players running open all year, fire the defensive coordinator. All right, he was in over his head, and he wasn't great with the media. He didn't say anything. Hell, he didn't even want to tell us who was going to wear the green dot. Uh, That's fine. We all learn. It was new for him. But I do believe the training wheels have to come off. I don't like the scheme. I don't like it. Uh, You're not utilizing your players. And I just talked about that a few minutes ago. So my guess is that he's not going to. He's not going to get fired. I I think Doug Peterson is a very loyal coach. I would like to see a totally different system uh, come in. 94-19, Baloo, yes, better plays could have resulted in an AFC championship game, but this year was win-win-win compared to the last three, you think. Well, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. But you change your expectations the further you get. You know, when you realize that you have – an amazing quarterback, you know, a top five, definitely top ten in the league quarterback. And when you have a great coach, great play caller, you your expectations change. You know, when you realize this is a team that is in a very easy division halfway through the season, you see that the Titans are reeling. You're like, okay, they're going to get into the playoffs. And then you start going, what can they do to win in the playoffs? What If you're expecting this team to be in it every year for the next ten years, you have to start looking at them like that. You have to start, okay, well, maybe this can go. Maybe this can go. You you can't be, like, super content. Yeah. and um, Because all these other great teams aren't. They're constantly changing. They're getting new coaches in. They're getting new players in. Uh, that's how you win. You can't sit on your hands. I, I, I guess I, I guess what I'm, what, what I'm really conflicted over is this is the top of the top. This is the highest level that you can be at. And there's too much acceptance over self-inflicted wounds. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Great teams limit those type of mistakes. Every week, there's a litany of them on this football team. And... You are a huge underdog in KC. The best player in the world got knocked out. You let a journeyman quarterback go 98 yards. Chad Henney went 98. And again, look at this. Look at all this. Oh, it's better than the last three. I get it. You're happy. You should be happy. It's 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 going to turn around. But don't ever for one second be afraid to say to yourself damn it Jacksonville blew an enormous opportunity it was it, right there for him think about Bills fan think about the Bills in the last four or five years like their fans right now have probably expected at least one Super Bowl appearance by now it's not easy it's incredibly difficult to get that far so to just, like, pencil yourself in for the next 10 years is asinine. There was only one guy who was going to beat you on Kansas City, and he couldn't cover him. 
their quarterback was done. He was done. And you couldn't get to him. And, you know, I feel awful about the Agnew play. I do. That's, that's, and the Christian Kirk. You know, I, I didn't even plan on coming in here on Kirk and, and being down. But, I, you know, when he's popping off on Twitter, he's the one guy who shouldn't be popping off today. Okay? I mean, take it with you. I'm sure you're going on a beautiful vacation. Well-deserved. And we can bring up all the phenomenal things he did this year, and, and that's fine. For some context, okay? he said, um, a lot of y'all wanted to be real quiet all year. Now it's, quote, told you so. So he's basically insinuating that, you know, when he was playing well, because before the season, obviously, everyone was saying, wow, too much money for a guy like that. During the season, he had a good season, so he's saying, nobody was giving me credit. And now that I had a bad game, everyone's jumping on again and saying I wasn't worth it. He says, keep that same energy. Nah. No. He's butthurt. And, every, and, and by the way, for the, for the record, just about everyone's defending him. Of oh, course. I got your back. I, I read the timeline earlier. There were one or two in there saying, hey, bro, you got to catch the football. Those were not my burner accounts. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sorry, but where I, where I come from, you got a guy like Bill Buckner who's nearly a Hall of Famer. The guy gets you to the World Series, yet when you bring up Bill Buckner, what do the people think of letting a ball go between his legs? I'm sorry. Right now, when I think of Christian Kirk, I think of him dropping a game-deciding touchdown. That's just how I'm wired. And and if you need others to to massage that for you and say, oh, it's going to be okay next year, they're going to be well. Then fine, if that's you, good. I wish I had that in me. I'm not wired that way. I'm not. I'm still pissed at Florida State kickers for wide rights. In the early 1990s, of course I'm upset about a drop touchdown pass two nights ago and a fumble at the three-yard line going in. Man, I don't know what you people expect. It's unbelievable. It's like, oh, but they were only supposed to win six. Well, it doesn't matter if they were only supposed to win six games. So does that mean when they won game seven, you could just be like, all right, close up shot, boys. Successful season. They have a good coach. They have a good quarter. They have a great quarterback. They have a great coach. How about accountability? How about it's on me? I won't let that happen again. Huge mistakes. Themselves to blame. No one else. Okay, if you want to blame the officiating, if you want to tell me that that wasn't a catch, fine. I'll listen to you. I I don't know what a catch is. I began the program with that two hours ago. I don't know how to define a catch in college football or the NFL. It is so damn aggravating. And I tell you what, I guarantee it comes into play during one of these championship games on Sunday. We do not know what a catch is. If that had been Patrick Mahomes and he threw that ball to Travis Kelsey, remember the one earlier this year when Kelsey crossed the goal line, they called it a touchdown. Then was, uh, who was the guy in New England who did it? Was it Juju Smith? Or uh, uh, Jonu Smith, who's the other tight end that the Patriots? Well, Jonu Smith is on the Patriots. Yeah, who's the other tight end that 
New England went out and spent a great deal of money on that that crossed the goal line, and they told us that it wasn't a catch. Do you remember that play? Um, I don't. It's on the tip of my I'm tongue. Not helping you out very much here. Uh, Hunter Henry. It was Hunter Henry. It, and and those are just two examples that come to mind. I mean, what if that ball had gone to Travis Kelsey and he went from one arm to another and the ball came out at the three? Would that have been called an incomplete pass? And And I think you and I both agree upon this, that the call on the field was going to stay. Even though the call did, it was overchanged in the Cincinnati-Buffalo game. And I think that one was a little bit clearer than Agnew. Now, now am I... If Agnew, if that ball was in the end zone, would it have been a touchdown? I, I don't know, because he would have had two feet on the ground. I'm talking about Agnews now. Probably. Would it have been a touchdown? Yeah. Because he had possession, because, it, you know, they said he had possession. That's what made it a fumble, so then it would have had to have been a touchdown, I, I, I guess. Why do I believe if that was an incomplete pass and they reviewed it it would remain an incomplete pass exactly and that's the league you know i um i feel awful for agnew i really do because they wouldn't have even been in that game if it wasn't for him and he had three game changing kick returns it's always like perfectly timed too right when the jags are losing all momentum and he just gets him right back into the game Puts him at the 50. It's insane. He he has perfect timing for stuff like that. No. I don't understand why people continue to kick to him. I guess it's not that easy to boot it out of the back of the end zone. 71-69 below him upset two. Upset as can be, but I'm not cutting Kirk or Agnew. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not saying that. No. Financially, I don't think they can cut Kirk. Maybe I should have come in with a different attitude, and it and, and it it should have sounded like this. All right, grace period is over. Number one issue for the 2023 Jaguars sounds like this. No more room for no criticism with self-inflicted wounds, okay? Because this team has had so many, going back to opening day, when Trevor missed wide-open guys, when ETN dropped the ball in D.C., and then the five fumbles at Philadelphia, up 14-0, a chance to kick a 51-yarder, they go for it on fourth and second, uh, fourth and two. There were so many different things. And I'm sure that if you were to go deep into every NFL team, this is probably standard. I'm sure they're saying the same thing in Buffalo right now, the same thing in Dallas right now, the same thing in New York with the Giants. Right now, I just, it's one thing to get beat. It's another to say, damn, yeah, they got beat, but how did they allow that to happen? And how did they make that mistake? And that's the problem that I'm having right now. Because I, I th- there's too much of, in my opinion, we're going to be fine. Just show up and next year. Everything is, it doesn't work that way. 
It doesn't. And this year you had the luxury of a better schedule. You had the luxury of not having a lot of injured players. So, anyway. More of your thoughts coming up. 641-1010 on the text line that is brought to you tonight by Lifetime Enclosure. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, final moments with you tonight till 8. Hacker Nation will join you at 8 o'clock tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 6 to 8. Thursday night, Mr. Chubby's Wings. Ponavidra. 44-17. Guy calls me Blue. B-L-O-U. Blue. Uh, does, Trank, <laughs> does Trank keep chipping away at Deadwood players? Slowly as he's done so far, is it time to rehaul the overall roster for players that can fit the coach's system? Maybe just an overhaul of the entire defense and sure up the offensive line. First of all, Trent gets passing grades. Deadwood players, no. Uh, Big Foley was a major disappointment. Folo. But outside of that, he did a nice job in free agency this year. And, And the guys he signed last year, outside of Shaq, played much better in year two if you look at Rayshon Jenkins and Roy Robertson Harris. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr.'s gone. His contract will expire on March 15th. Uh, he didn't want to be around here with Kevin Ridley coming. And I've seen some say maybe he'll take a hometown discount and stick around. What, he's a number four at best. He's old. <clears throat> yep. Made some big grabs at times. He sure. did. N- he doesn't know what a yard after catch is, <laughs> no matter where he is on the football field. Um. You, That's what I was saying like last segment. We're at the point, uh, you know, the Jags are a competing team in the AFC now. You can't bring those kind of guys back. Yep. You got to get better. But he talks about an overhaul of the roster. You you can overhaul this roster. You don't have the money. You're up against it. You're going to have to be creative with signing bonuses, restructured deals, I don't know how they're going to pull it off. Tim Walsh is so good at doing that with Trent Bulky, and, you know, I I wish him the best. I, I still think there's going to be a surprise cut coming. I don't know who that is. But my example would be a year ago at this time, none of us saw Miles Jack just being moved down the road. So I don't know who it is, again. But you just can't overhaul it. They don't have the cash to overhaul it. I mean, they got to free up some cash. You're going to be able to free up $13.5 million with Shaq. And then you got $2.4 million, I believe, with Chase on. You could free up that cash. Outside of that, who knows uh, what this organization is going to do. Blue, uh, we PO'd an opportunity away. I'm PO'd, yet everyone else thinks this was a good run. It was with a terrible ending. Um, yeah, it, it it's because of, again, mistakes. If they had gotten beaten, then I just think, yeah. You know, the whole Miles Jack deal wasn't down. They still allowed a third and 18 from Brady to Danny Amendola. It's like with the game on the line, they made a big play. And that's Danny Amendola. For this game, it was 
let's put a guy on Travis Kelsey, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't. 14 receptions, two touchdowns. Here's a guy getting all angry with me on the Chad Henney drive. How how come people give uh, Chad Henney credit for the drive? It wasn't Chad Henney. Instead, it was a long run and a penalty. All right. It's still Chad Henney, and he came off the bench. And he was at the two-yard line. My God, you let this guy go 98 yards. He still had to get a third-down conversion. Chad Henney. I mean, where's the pride? Seriously. Chad Henney? The guy's over there making snowballs or doing what I guess it didn't officially say. Chad Henney comes off the pine and leads a 98-yard drive? Yes, he deserves the credit. In Kansas City, they're going to absolutely love him right now. 37 years old. 71-69 blue. I believe our staff agrees with you and won't sit on their hands. The arrow's pointing up and will improve from here. You want to be big-time receiver. I want an interior defensive lineman. Hoping we get help at both. Well, here, here's where I'm at. You don't have a second rounder. You have a first round, third round pick. I do not know how they can afford an interior defensive lineman. I mean, seriously. You don't have any cap room. And depending on the order, this is the way, I mean, it's got to be, Jawan Taylor's the biggest decision the team's going to make, cost-wise. And then you got Evan Ingram, and you've got Arden Key. Th- those are the three huge decisions. I don't think that, you know, when you hear about them bringing in Shaq Griffin and Rayshon Jenkins and Marvin Jones and Foye Oluwakon, don't expect that this year. They don't have the money. As a matter of fact, when free agency begins on March 15th, that legal tampering period for 48 hours, I, I wouldn't expect Jacksonville to be involved at all. The best thing that Jacksonville can do is re-sign some of their own players. Now, they've got a good bulk. They, they've got a good group. Right now, I disagree with that because I want to focus on this offense. The defense right now seems to be a unit that made some big plays, see takeaways, but right now I don't like the scheme. However, you got young guys, Cisco, Walker, Allen, Lloyd, Muma, young players uh, who could end up being Tyson Campbell, major difference makers when it's all said and done. All right, out of time. I don't check the text line if you want to get a hold of me. Please do on Twitter. That is Balou, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010XL. Hackers next. We'll talk again tomorrow.